There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hello, welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watched The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Why did you have to say it that way? What do you mean? <laughs> Smaug. I wanted to make sure I got the U in there, and I think that's <laughs> technically the way you're supposed to say it. I don't know. I watched this movie like three hours ago, and I forgot to pay attention to how they pronounced his name. Uh, all right. Well, I'm excited already. Thank you, Jim, for that. Um, how are you? I, I, good. I didn't expect you to ask me how I was. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It always throws you off. Uh, <laughs> that's why I do it. Do you? I was gonna transition, but I'm not gonna do it. Do you, I'm just gonna bring in Frank. Our uh, <laughs> 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 right, uh, our guest today, Great. Philadelphia improv and sketch comedian who is the favorite of moms and aunts everywhere. It's Frank Farrell. Woo! Hello, Hi, Frank. Oh, I, acc- I went to go woo, and I accidentally said boo a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we welcome every single one of our guests. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> be better <laughs> I, you know that that's that's the motivation i need uh i mean i thrive off of spite <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to neg our guests so that they get good i guess i don't know i don't know how negging works i've only done stand-up like maybe a handful of times and i don't really know if i ever really want to but if i do again i think i might tell people to just boo me off the bat just to get it out of their system and then sit, promise me they'll save it till the end if they're going to boo me more. But just do like a light boo at the end. You know, get it out. Even booing, I think, is better in stand-up than just like a silent audience. Mm. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you know where they're at? <laughs> <laughs> not, they're not leaving any doubt. Oh, man. What was the name of the person who did all the negging? Um, oh, gosh. What was his name? Uh, starts with it. There's like Mysterio. Um, oh, used to go on like Conan all the time. Yeah, like he was oh. the original like like pickup artist uh, mm. uh, oh. guy. He had a show. Ah, I mean, dang. This is your job, Jim. You're supposed oh. to look stuff up. He had a show called like The Pickup Artist. I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, and it, he was like, oh no, this is it's like Mastermind, Maestro, Miss m- Mesmerize. <laughs> I remember he one of the inv- mystery. It was just mystery. Mystery. Oh, it was just mystery. There you go. Yeah. I I remember one of his pieces of advice was you should wear something interesting. And the thing he brought on Conan to wear was binoculars. And Conan was like, <laughs> "That's stupid. You're stupid. Stop being stupid." <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a power move. I think it's just a really. That's just like okay, <laughs> you have those. His other advice was approach women like a horse. So you have to like go around in a circle to get to them rather than like straight at them. And Conan was like, women aren't horses. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, because circul- people circulating around you is really what you want. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it tr- I guess that means that humans and horses have the opposite things that make them nervous. Because if someone started circling me, that would make me like very nervous. <laughs> 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 Came straight forward towards me. <laughs> uh, why are horses like totally okay with that? Uh, I think it gives them 
I think it's this. I actually, now that I'm like saying it out loud, like I think it's because horses' eyes are on the sides of their heads, so circling actually lets them see you full on. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I you actually probably said the answer. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get the whole picture here. Maybe I left in. Yeah. You started that. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm a horse expert, and <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you put that in your intro? <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. Okay, no, that's fair. <laughs> Because that's, that's all anyone ever wants to talk about, and I don't, like, I'm a horse <laughs> actor, that doesn't define me, I'm not, that's not my only interest, and that's really only people, what people want to talk about. If you want, we can cut this out, I, I don't, I want to respect. <laughs> <laughs> just want to be able to walk down the streets without, uh, you know, people asking advice about their horses. With like a pen and paper, just like anything you have, I swear to <laughs> a simple tip. <laughs> <laughs> I keep spooking them. <laughs> oh you're like i'm trying to have lunch with my family <laughs> oh that's frank talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know like frank sounds that's how i talk to my that's how i talk to my fans though <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure right. my family i want to get right into it a little bit only because uh frank is uh we gave frank options uh in terms of which like franchise or like which which random uh like installment you wanted to do amongst all of these movies and you said smaug how did, you, did i get it close smaug smaug smaug, smaug. the desolation <laughs> of smaug um yeah. so I mean, I'm curious about that, but also before we get into that, what is your general relationship with the whole Lord of the Rings franchise? Oh, okay. I'm going to date myself here a little bit. Uh, I'm 100 years old. Uh, no. <laughs> you look great. Um, I saw the first movie, The Fellowship of the Rings. I saw when I was 13. Uh, that was my introduction to it. I didn't. I went in blind, and then after that, I was like. This is awesome. You know, teenager, nerdy teenager, super into Star Wars, like, had no, like, previous fantasy world. That was, like, a a straight shot uh, to the brain of fantasy things. So then I read the whole whole trilogy, and I read The Hobbit all before, I think, the next year The Two Towers came out. I was all in. Uh, Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Read the Silmarillion. Um, Wow, you read that one. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, the Sil- the Silmarillion, which is like the like history and mythology of Middle Earth for the first and second age. All these movies take place in the third age. Um, yeah, so a ton of elves. So Kai, the third age starts at the very. Remember in the very beginning yeah, of the first yeah, movie yeah. when they're yeah, like that's the third age when they chop off his fingers. That's yeah. the very beginning of the third age. Right, right, right. Got it. Yeah. I just love I love how many layers deep there like this just like as far as I understand like I if I went about trying to understand everything about this like Lord of the Rings world the universe I would die before cap- like before I'm capable of absorb like, getting all of it right like well so the the best way to understand it is that and I'm I'm going to like nerd out here is that like it's supposed to be like Middle Earth is not supposed to be like a parallel universe ours it's supposed to be like a uh, a lost history of ours like mm-hmm. even like Tol- Tolkien like like claims like in like the books like in the appendices he's like and this all came from I'm a linguist at heart which he was that was like what his background was was in you know languages and he found the Red Book of Westmarch he like mm-hmm. found it and then he translated it so he found Frodo had written down the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings and he found that and 
translated for us to say. And the whole idea is that the world of, I guess, like Britain used to be elves, used to be all elves. And that's the first age, mm-hmm. the, the, the world of elves, right? And then the second age, the men come and elves leave like heaven. They like have like, they're like falling from like the Garden of Eden and they come back over. Um, and that's like uh, Galadriel and Elrond, they're high elves. Right. And they come, they come back versus Legolas is a wood elf. So he's part mm-hmm. of the, Legolas is part of the elves that stayed the entire time. They never, they never took the offer to go over into the undying lands. Um, like, uh, Frodo and Gandalf do at the end, when they go off into the big boats, they're going off into the undying lands. And that's um, why he's in Mirkwood and not in, uh, 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 Rivendell. Yeah, Rivendell. Um, so second age then like uh, ultimately yeah culminates with uh, Sauron um, uh, revealing himself to be uh, the the traitor. First age ends actually with Sauron's boss, the big bad Melkor, um, being imprisoned out in the void of the universe. He like Sauron um, begs for forgiveness to the elves, um, and they forgive him, and he's like dressed himself as beautifully. Um, ends with him getting the ring cut off. He can never go back to like being like his like beautiful form. Third age, third age ends with Aragorn becoming king. Yeah, it's either that or when the the ring specifically when it gets destroyed. It's one of those Maybe, two events. It's one of those two events, and then it's like the fourth age. And then the fourth age is officially the age of uh, of humans. So now it's like the idea of like the first three ages, elves dominated the world and humans were like the secondary species. Now the fourth age on, humans are going to be dominated, hobbits are going to like, so, and also like, not to get too in the weeds, but the, the Hobbit was written before the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Hobbit's a 70 page book and the Hobbit's really not set in the middle. The Hobbit is like, just supposed to be like, hey, you know how we're people? We probably don't notice these little small two feet people running around causing mischief. Yeah. And give us the, three installments of $22. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll tell you what happened. <laughs> Which, Lord of the Rings, it makes sense. It makes sense that those movies are three hours. There's enough yeah. going on. They have to cut stuff out. They have to cut stuff out from the book to make it fit into three-hour movies. I understand that. The audacity. This this leads into why I, why I wanted to talk about this movie particularly. <laughs> The audacity of turning a, the, the Lord of the Rings is a altogether what like uh, a 1200 page book like with, split up into three parts. Yeah. It's huge. Has a ton of appendices. Hobbit has to be like 70 pages like with <laughs> big font. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's for children. My copy of Lord of the Rings without the appendices is like a thousand and nine pages and then my copy of the hobbit is i think 200 pages like it's ridiculous preposterous and the audacity of being like these are going to be three three hour movies too um oh it's so bloated and oh i saw i went in with tapered expectations to the first one Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know how. I wasn't sure because originally, I don't know if you remember, it was going to be two movies. I was out nowhere. It was two movies with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I don't remember if they made it three movies under him or if they made or if they made the switch to Peter Jackson. And then they were like three movies. But it was mm-hmm. around that time. I, I, I followed this one the was, whole time. 
after Peter Jackson switch, which by the way, like parallel, there's a parallel world where, oh, so the adventures of Tintin, I don't know if either of you have seen that movie. It's incredible. I actually, I I just haven't seen it. I've I've been meaning to watch it for the 10 years it's been out or whatever. I just haven't. That's literally it. It's amazing. Steven Spielberg directed it. It's motion capture the entire way through. It's, it's awesome. And um, it's what the fourth Indiana Jones movie should have been was this Tintin movie. It's like great. It's so good. And Peter Jackson was supposed to direct the second one. And then Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson were going to direct the third one together of the Tintin movies. And, Gamma- and Steven Spielberg has a great track record of directing movies with other people. Yeah, right. <laughs> when Guillermo del Toro quit The Hobbit, then Peter Jackson's like, nah, well, I have to go do The Hobbit movies. So mm-hmm. we're not living in the darkest timeline, but we are we're, on on the spectrum of timelines. We are in the one that went, uh, went astray a little bit. I don't know what people had to give up to get the Tintin trilogy, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, it's hard to say, though, because uh, how familiar are you with Peter Jackson's work as a whole? Pretty familiar. I've seen everything, but uh, I don't think I, I haven't seen the puppet movie, the Meet the, Meet the Feebles, <laughs> um, and I haven't seen Lovely Bones because uh, uh, okay. Stanley Tucci scares me too much in the trailers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually haven't seen those two either. I, I'm aware of Meet the Feebles, and I think I reference it all the time, pretending like I've seen it, and I've never seen it. Uh, but all of his movies post uh, Lord of the Rings. Not the best, not the best movies. King Kong is long and bloated. Lovely yeah. Bones is about 50-50. Everyone is like, it's pretty good, but it's not great. And then The Hobbit. King Kong, like, was awesome at parts. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this movie is incredible. The scene with, like, the T-Rex fights. Oh, yeah, yeah. The scene with, like, the bugs eating them is so scary. And I was like, this is horrifying. But then the scene where, like, Naomi Watts and King Kong are ice skating in Central Park. Uh, it's like 20 minutes long. And you're like, you got, that's what this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> it knows how to take its time. That Peter Jackson knows how to take his time is what I mean. He, he knows kind of, but like not in the best way. Always. No, but it like made me resent the, like the characters. I was just like, just go faster, <laughs> please. <laughs> they do. They can. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also uh, the, the problem friends. The problem with prequels is like there's a couple things going on, but like, do you really like you need like Gandalf to go off and like be like, oh, that's it's Sauron. It's like this is a lot. Like we don't need Sauron, and also even like throwing Sauron into the movie immediately cancels out the stakes of this movie. The stakes of this movie are very small, and trying to like. Yeah. Trying to be like, ah, but actually, the, because like the Lord of the Rings is this huge epic with literally the fate of the world at, at hand. And this is an Ocean's Eleven heist story at heart. Like, yeah. It's, just go have some fun, eat some food, be dwarves, be hobbits. The, the book is very goofy for the Hobbit. It's, it's, he, he makes jokes a lot. Cause like I read a little bit of Lord of the Rings before, before I read the Hobbit. And Lord of the Rings can be dry. It's very, it's very long and drawn out. Where it's, it's, it is a lot of descriptions of things, mostly of like, oh, they were in this woods, and it just so happened that this, these woods, three thousand years ago, used to be this, and then it's a big story, and then it's a poem about that story. 
It's all like that. The Hobbit, it's he makes jokes that are funny. Uh, where he and he'll like he'll like break the fourth wall all the time. Where he'll be like, "Let me tell you readers about this actually," and also, uh, oh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head actually. Anyway, it's funny. It's funnier than you expect from a book from the '30s. And it's and it's like at its heart, it's like about a a lazy, chubby stoner that gets drawn into the like he doesn't want he just wants to smoke his pipe, eat his food, drink his beer, and mm-hmm. like the whole time he's just pulled unexpectedly into this. It's the way I, I the way when I read the book, I was, all I could think of is everyone in this movie is just so fussy. Like everyone just everyone just doesn't want to be here, but they all have to be here, including Gandalf, who's forcing everyone to be there. He's like, I don't. That's why he pieces out for half the book, because he's just like, I don't want to be here. I got to go do something else. But you guys have to do. This. What's happening, Frank? Literally, a drum line is now walking down the street. The chances of it, this is, by the way, never happened here before. <laughs> um, that's special. This is the second time this has happened to me. I did this last Wednesday. Uh, started off with this drum line going outside my apartment, which I live on a main street, so it makes a little more sense. But come on. Uh, the, um, the, wow. the drum set start when Pippin drops the thing down the, the oh. well in Moria. That's what <laughs> the it's drums like. that are in the background. Yeah. 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 No, uh, Jim's had people selling t-shirts very loudly. We've had ambulances in the background. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I like it. It's a, uh, it's like a, you get an experience on this one. Okay. <laughs> I, I, there's a very specific thing. I'll tell you what, like, first popped into my head when you're like, oh, you can pick any of these. Is I remember the feeling. I loved those those first three moves. I really did. I loved them. The feeling I had when they got in the barrels and the river scene in this one. Mm-hmm. It's you know, like the big thing was like all like the, all the rage. Like Peter Jackson was like, I'm the head of technology, and Peter Jackson was like, I filmed these in a camera speed that's faster than the human eye mm-hmm. and him and like James Cameron were both like, this is good. You're going to have to take our word for it. Like Ang Lee got real into it too. With Billy Lynn's halftime walk, but like faster than the human eye. Turns out that's terrible for the human eye to watch. Mm-hmm. It looks so insane. The water, which I think is real water. looks so preposterously fake in that scene and yeah. it lasts forever. It yeah. lasts so long. Yeah, it's like this weird Disney ride out of nowhere all of a sudden. But like, yeah, I I think um, if I remember, I remember watching him talk about it and he was like, yeah, we're going to record at uh, 48 frames per second in 4K. So it'll essentially be like you're looking into a window. And I'm like, I don't want to look into a window. I want to look at a movie. Like, show yeah. me the movie. Yeah. I'd rather them just be going very slowly down, like, and not even, like, I don't even need it to be intense. Just have them escaping slowly down a river just casually 
and just like reel it like just regular speed <laughs> in the book they're just like all right let's get in these barrels oh shit okay we're good we're fine no it's fine everything's cool like that's just how the <laughs> that's how it is in the book they got to stretch it out there might have been orcs and they and that's about it <laughs> i'm jealous of youtube uh <laughs> hi had, had you seen had you seen these before by the way, also, once again, I love when people just give me the quote <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> I'm joking, you too. <laughs> Before we get started, I just need to know, I'm jealous of you, too. <laughs> oh, I'd like to know where I stand with you. That's really good. Uh, let me brag about my life. Hold on. Uh, no, so I have, yeah, I've never seen any of these, except for uh, the third one. I went to the movie theater uh, and fell asleep. Woke up, big battle happening. I think like once or twice that was kind of flickering in and out of like other battles. Not sure if it was the same one. There's a lot of battles in uh, Return of the King, so. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. That's really my only relationship. And then all of what I'm doing right now with my life. This is is my Lord experience. It's crazy to think about how we used to have to consume media uh, in that... um, I I went and saw this in theaters and there was like there was no break. This was very long. I had to see this in one sitting where I, I had to stay there the whole time. And at the end I was very mad. I was like literally upset. I've never seen the Battle of Five Armies still. <laughs> oh wow. Like, oh wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm good. I get it. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. You're gonna take I, I watched one scene where they're fighting on ice and I was like, okay, I think I got the gist of this. Well, because I knew that when, where this, because I was like, how are they going to make this into three movies? And where this movie ends, I'm like, where the desolation of Smaug ended, I, I was like, there's only like 15 pages left in the book. Like, right. <laughs> a lot going, yeah. going on. Um, ah, man. And Smaug. And uh, who, who are the villains in this, too? Like, they make like, the elves are like straight up villains and like that's not no fun but the yeah. dwarves are also kind of bad well i mean because they're they're super mean like uh, or at least like gimli was like kind of i guess i mean they are different races like he was kind of just like a dick to specifically elves you know like there's that fucking relationship but like extra extra mean you know like they rip into each other hard just for their well, their class. What are they? Their race. What right. is it? A race? Their race yeah, is the race. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Sure. Uh, so like that. That's he's he's a racist. Is what I'm saying. It's Gimli is a racist. Yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think that's subtext. I'm pretty sure that's just straight up text. All right. Is that right. he's a racist? All right. Well, I don't want to get in trouble with like the Gimli fans, you know, like that are listening to this episode. <laughs> but like I'm gonna girlfriend. be honest with, yeah, I'm gonna be really honest with you. Yeah, you're in love with a racist. Gimli's the worst. <laughs> that, uh, okay, he, we're he not... grows. He changes, right? He that's, does. That's yeah. the nice part about Lord of the Rings is he becomes yeah. elf Gimli right. elf friend. And so does. Well, actually, no. It was Thorin. Did dwarves hate hobbits too? Because why did Thorin hate Bilbo so much for no reason? Oh, because they, because he, Thorin's like very suspicious that everyone's trying to steal from him. Um, so Thorin wants the Arkenstone real bad. Mm. Yes, he wants to be king of the mountain. He wants to be excuse me, king under the mountain, and he's like suspicious that everyone's out to betray him. He's like his his greed has like driven him insane. Yeah, I although that always when when I read the book that felt like like a third act surprise 
almost kind of because it was like by the way this whole time i've been uh i've been pissed off because uh i think everyone's going to take the arkenstone from me whereas before mm-hmm. i always read it as like um the reason he's always pissed off is because he doesn't trust anyone and this is an important mission to him and uh he doesn't trust specifically bilbo because why would he trust bilbo he is a hobbit who is oh. that gandalf was just like yeah that guy well, there's sure. even that little bit of like, oh, he's very tiny. You're like, dude, you guys are the same size. Like everybody, they're both. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, are I wrong or are they literally the same size? Are hobbits the same size they're as like dwarves? Am I wrong? Six inches or a foot difference. Yeah. Okay. Sure. The hobbits are just a little bit smaller. Yeah. A little bit smaller, and they don't okay. wear shoes, so they can be yeah, they can sneak around because they don't wear shoes. But if they did exist, they would wear those like shoes that exist right now, with like a little like your toes go into the little different individual spots. I'm terrified of those. I'm terrified. That, <laughs> okay. I'm terrified that those are gonna like that. I'm because I'm like constantly stubbing my toes, and yeah. I'm convinced that like the the singular nature of my shoes is the only reason why my toes aren't like breaking off like icicles. Like oh. if I was wearing those like skeleton those skeleton toes, I think my all my toes would be gone. They would have. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the? I, I think it was a Tumblr, Deep Dark Fears or Deep Dark. I think it was called Deep Dark Fears, where it's uh, this person who would do watercolor comics of fears that people would send in, and they're all insanely specific, and I don't know about you, I uh, relate to every single one of them. One of them I'll never forget was, uh, someone was like, I have a, I have a fear that I'm going to fall while ice skating, and then someone will run over my fingers and chop them all off. And I was like, yep, Ooh. me too. Yeah. I it's mean, a that's not- great tumbler. I highly recommend it. Is that why you don't skate? But who said I don't skate? <laughs> oh, I was trying to. Sorry. I was... Is that why you can't skate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not allowed. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I'm uh, always a little, um, not in like the like the the Disney haunted mansion, but in haunted houses, I'm always a, a certain percentage that's more than zero afraid that there's a. Uh, maniac serial killer that's hiding in the haunted house and that he's going to murder me and then everyone's just going to assume like it'll be too like no one no one would hear the screams and stuff they would all assume it's part of the ride right yeah it's the perfect perfect place for a murderer to hide and just go on a killing spree it's inside a, a cheap fair haunted house Okay, well, now I have to edit this because otherwise we're responsible for the next fucking... Like, there's someone <laughs> like, oh, I also... I like Rotten Treasure, but also a lot of murder people. <laughs> there's a crossover in that diagram, and, like, now I'm worried about it. <laughs> that guy from Ireland that listens to us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one Irish... Yeah, the one Irish guy that we have, yeah. Well, yeah, the one guy in Ireland. He's just... We'll hear about it in the news. We're going to hear about it in the news. We're in trouble. See, I take that, but I I take that concept one step further. I just don't go into haunted houses. They're they're too scary for me. I don't care if someone's like it. <laughs> it's a high school haunted house. Uh, it's just a guy in a ghost costume and another one who's holding a fake uh, chainsaw. I'm like, I don't want to go in. One of them's gonna, uh, one of them's gonna make me scream and then I'm gonna cry. I, I don't do this to me. I'm always afraid. Like I'm gonna like, especially in like the ones where like they can touch you. Yeah, which is insane. I'm like, I'll. I will like reflexively punch a person and then I'll be in trouble. Which I don't yeah. which is which fair. Fair. I've just punched another person, but <laughs> have you ever heard about how in the Disney Haunted Mansion there used to be a guy in a uh uh a, a suit of armor 
and he was in a random place every single time. Like every day he'd hide in a different place and then he would jump out on, at people, but they had to get rid of him because he kept getting punched in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you, part of your training is like, learn how to take a hit. <laughs> like it's in the manual that like, by the way, uh, on your off time, you need to take a self-defense class. <laughs> Especially on at Disney. Like, I feel like that's like part of it. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, I can't imagine like being like a, the amount of times, like you probably like little kids, like accidentally are like freaked out, like kick or punch like Disney mascots in the groin is like, must be like <laughs> through the roof. Oh yeah. Which is honestly good. If a kid has learned that you just punch someone in the groin <laughs> whenever they're a threat to you, I'm good. Good job. <laughs> I, I, I don't Run. know about you. I was taught that when I was a kid. Like we, they would have like a, like they have like a man come into my third grade class and be like, "All right, if someone's approaching on the on the street on the street, you punch him in the groin and then you scream as loud as you can, kid." And then. I don't think that person was paid by your school. <laughs> I think that person just came in and was just like, hey, advice. <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy was real. <laughs> I, I believe he's real. I, just think he's <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he was a professional either. He also taught us to grab people's balls. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, he was like, if you're ever in a situation where it like, gets like a step too far, you grab their testicles, and then he goes, and then you yank twist and pull and i was like and then he goes say it together yank twist pull and he made us all say that <laughs> oh my god I, what yeah 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 that was a real thing that a, a man came in to tell me do you want to tell me what school it was oh yeah i can tell you that because the school no longer exists <laughs> <laughs> okay well what school was it yeah i went to st francis de sales uh in the uh, I'm not going to say where, but, uh, (laughs) but it was, um, it got shut down when I was in like ninth or 10th grade. So they don't exist anymore. Oh, wow. Because it's a Catholic school and they ran out of funding from the diocese. I wanted such more of a mysterious reason. I wanted there to be like a murder. (laughs) I I could make a murder happen. I know it, I know it opened up as something else like many years Every 100 years, it disappears, and then it comes back again. I was about to say what it came back as, and I, I was like, I probably shouldn't say that. Jim, if you're going to become a murderer, will you make sure to just like only focus inside haunted houses? Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Great. Thanks. That's a good co-host. Uh, really uh, Kai, in the future, could you edit that out? Because just in case I actually do want to do that, I don't want that as evidence. Oh, right, like if you do choose to murder someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no problem. Got Thank you. you. 100% Thank will edit that out. That's my job. <sighs> uh, okay. <laughs> I want to know, because I've been trying to get into this question a little bit. Frank, do you have a, like, do you, do you have yourself, do you align with the, yourself with uh, being an elf, a dwarf? Uh, are you, like, where are you in this universe? You know, I mean, I. Did I already ask someone this on another episode? You you did not actually. Okay. Because so. it's selfish. Because I think I I figured out where I am. But Jim, do you do you know where you stand? Have you thought about this? I mean, I always wanted to be an elf. Uh, because I mean, Legolas. Because you're better than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, because uh, they always made Legolas seem like super cool in the movie, and I was like, oh, I like that guy. He can kill an elephant. That's pretty cool. Uh, 
And also, he walks really high on snow. You really want to kill an elephant? Yeah, (laughs) death death to all elephants. I'm sick of that. (laughs) I'm sick of them as animals. I rode one when I was in third grade, uh, and I was that was enough. Was enough. I did actually. I don't know if I was in third grade, but I did actually ride an elephant when I was a kid. Look at St. Francis de Sales bringing in uh, (laughs) men (laughs) on the street. They didn't bring an elephant into school. It was at the Philadelphia Zoo. They let you do it for a little, for like a year or something. So they don't appear in this movie, but I think I would love to uh, identify w- at, with the Ents. I think the Ents are great. Yeah, it's, it's, the big tree, the big tree. The trees. Oh yes, yes, yes. They're talking. They're, yeah. they're guarding the trees. That's a good one. Um, probably a dwarf. I'm. I'm I feel like dwarfs are uh, are fun. Like the battle axe is always a, a cool choice. It's. I always picture dwarves carrying the big battle axe, but I guess that might just be Gimli. That might just be Gimli. I'm sure there are. They did say in this movie when they went to ask for weapons, they were like, "Where are all the battle axes?" So I think it mm. is a dwarf thing specifically. I know that they also carry hammers. That was the other. Thing oh yeah, like, like war hammers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then wizards, you know, are their own species too in, yeah. in the world. I don't, I don't, I wish I was a wizard. I wish I, I was like, oh, Kai, a synonymous with wizard. I'm such a Gandalf. No. <laughs> I don't even I mean, think essentially, I, do I know a Gandalf? Essentially what you're saying is, I wish I was a low level angel. Like. Yeah, right. Just cash. Uh, the, the one character that literally whenever he shows up, he's like, oh, I'll just save you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I could, I have, I have magic. <laughs> I'm amazing. It's- it's more ridiculous in the book. Like, I did kind of like that they were trying to explain what where Gandalf was going to in each thing, even though it's technically not right. Because uh, if I remember correctly from the appendices, that actually ha- what he's doing actually happened like 500 years before. Doesn't matter. Uh, I kind of like that they did that, but like Frank said, it does undermine the whole movie by doing that. But in the book, he just like goes away. And he doesn't explain it. He'll just go, I got to go over here. Uh, you guys figure your shit out. And then I'll be back. And then he comes back at exactly the right time. Which is like, I mean, like, that's like classic, like, Joseph Campbell, like, mm-hmm. old, old, like, wizard guide, like, thing to do, right? Like, he, uh, Gandalf's whole purpose is just to help the hero, like, fulfill their 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 quest like like and i think that's what i like about the idea of the hobbit is like or and i think that that is like one part that's good about this movie i like that he's like always like setting things up like it feels like the whole idea of it is he's setting thorn up on like his correct path right like he like he's kind of like behind the scenes orchestrating it that like he's at that bar he's yeah. like Mm-hmm. Not, not tricking, but he's like God. He's doing the same thing for Thorin that he does for Aragorn in uh, the Lord of the Rings, where he's like he's like guiding him on the path of where he's supposed to be. Gandalf's the one that's trying to get um, the um, the the king back. He's trying to like get the return of the king, which is like supposed to be like the great like difference between him and uh, Saruman is that like th- that was their mission, right? Like the the god of this universe like sent them to help the peoples of middle earth fulfill their purposes and like defeat Sauron and like Saruman decides, no, I'm going to take it for myself. And Gandalf stays true to the, the purpose of mm. I'm, I'm a guide. I'm like, guide, I'm guiding these people. 
right. do more of that. What is up with the flirty relationship though with Galadriel? Like, do whatever you want, but I think that their relationship should just be platonic, and it feels like there's something more going on there. Which oh. no, ju- no judgment zone, but I I saw that in I I haven't seen it I, because I haven't watched the third one yet. But I saw that in the third one they like ramp that up and like it gets even more like come with me, mm, ooh woo, and uh, she's like uh I don't think so. I'm gonna go hang out in the woods for a bit, and then he's like fine, whatever. I just thought you were prettier. It, it's very. It gets worse. <laughs> oh boy! Just let sure. them be friends. I I'm not prepared. I guess this this is my future. It's fine. I don't even need to be friends. Just cohorts. Just like they work together to make sure uh, Middle Earth does what it needs to do. So they could just can. Okay, I'm. This is terrible. I, I'm watching all these movies, but the amount that I'm taking in is very small. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of content. Like this is the most amount of content we've absorbed for this entire podcast, and it's the least amount I'm taking in. Although, wait, Pitch Perfect two or three might be up there <laughs> as well. I didn't really pay attention I don't know. to any of that. Uh, Kai, what is the name of the two characters that didn't matter? Oh, uh, oh, it, Emily. No, oh, I was hoping you would have it because that would have that would have been like oh you, you no, it's gone. No, I, I, no, 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 that's gone. That all of that information is out of my head. Unfortunately, Sylvester Stallone information is still stuck in there, but Pitch Perfect's gone. Um, you two know that they're doing a spinoff just based on uh, Adam. Um, what's the name? Adam DeCamp's character from Pitch Perfect. Uh, what's the 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 um the um workaholics um Adam yeah uh, Adam DeCamp yeah, yeah. they're doing not, a spinoff DeCamp, Pitch yeah. Perfect thing yeah just just focusing on his character you That's... just made me so mad yet what? so excited because I can't wait to talk about it and yell oh. about it <laughs> we gotta watch that yeah. <laughs> I don't want to watch that yeah here we are yeah the I the one thing I did. That I was like, why did I do that? Was in preparation for Pitch Perfect. I watched all of Workaholics, and I was like, I don't like this. I I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I don't know why I did this to myself. <laughs> and I watched all of the seasons of it. Why? Just to prepare for Pitch Perfect? Just it never play. came up either. Nobody brought it up in the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. Because <laughs> he's like a tertiary character (laughs) he's not even in the third one (laughs) he matters so much to the plot Uh, adam divine divine that's it who's to camp his his name in the show is adam demamp or adam devamp one of the two something like that sure adam divine is his real name though i wish he was in uh, okay, I'm not trying to specifically talk about Lord of the Rings, but I wish he did exist in Lord of the Rings. Like, I wish they just, because I mean, like, why not? They have the guy from Flight of the Concords. Like, I wish, I, like, it would be great. I, I hope like they, if they reboot this, put Adam, put Adam in one of the Lord of the Rings movies. You see Colbert in this? Did, did you catch the what? Colbert? Oh, is he in this one? I wasn't looking for him. Yeah. Oh yeah, What's he's he in doing. Oh, uh, he's hanging out, scowling. I think he like. Has a fake eye patch. I think like uh, like he probably like I'm not saying like obviously he has a fake eye patch. He has both both of his eyes like think over, but like the character like uses like lifts the eye patch up and then like okay. scowling in uh in Dale Dale is that right Dale? If I remember, they pronounce it wrong in the movie, but it is Dale. Yeah, 
I because wow. I don't know what the actual pronunciation is if I'm <laughs> if I'm saying it wrong. Can we? I don't want to trash anybody. Everybody's like working hard. I don't know if Luke Evans, who plays Bard in this, yes, yeah. I don't know if he matters as a actor. I like. I just like think he. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, he matters as a human being. We all have worth, but no, as an actor, okay. I think uh, I, uh, I I I don't know. I I, I you, think he's replacement level in every single thing that he's in. I think you've prefaced this. Keep going. Just insult away because you prefaced this, and you've been you're you're fine. <laughs> you're totally good to rip into him as much as you want. <laughs> it's just he has like that type of face that's hard to focus on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. So not, <laughs> So nondescript that like I can't find any like features to like <laughs> I, my eyes settle on. I can't unsee the fact that someone was like, "This guy looks more like Orlando Bloom than Orlando Bloom looks like Orlando Bloom." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Why? Like, why? Why is Orlando Bloom in this movie too? What if I hate how much he's in? like? If he had shown up in Merkwood and they're like, and like he was like off to the side, and they're like, "Hey, Legolas," and he's like, "Cool," and, and that was it. I would have been like. Wow, what a what a fun little cameo that was! But then he's in half the movie. Why did he not look like him? Like, am I wrong, or did he look different in this movie? It's been ten years. Yeah, he's aged ten years and bad wig. I think a bad wig job. I think he had like it it almost felt like a different actor to me. It was just like really, it was really off for my brain. I don't know. Yeah, bad, 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 bad. There was a lot of bad wigs too, because Evangeline uh, Evangeline Lilly also had a really bad wig. Yeah. I think Lee Pace also bad wig. And you can tell that <laughs> this isn't trash in the wig department. You can tell that they just didn't have enough time to put together the right wigs. They because the way they rushed production, they just couldn't do it. The 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 frustrating thing, and like ah oh man, it's so hard. Like it's so easy to be like ah like just do the good thing again. But yeah. Lord of the Rings. I think it's so good. I think it's like remarkable how many things could have gone wrong in Lord of the Rings that they like pull off and maybe like it's because of like a lack of budget, maybe they have too much budget, who knows. But like it means that like there's some instinct in like the people who are creating this that they know how to make something good. Mm-hmm. There has there has to be something while they're doing this. My theory is that like always like with like movies it's big, like when you're as successful as they got, there just aren't any no people left to be like, oh no, I don't know that's good. Everybody's just like, yes, it's the best idea in the world. And you just you're surrounded by yes people, but yeah, um, kind of like with George Lucas and the the prequels, exactly, 100%. where everyone was like, this is the greatest script ever, and he's like, it's the first draft, and they're like, let's film it, right? Versus <laughs> the original, like the original trilogy, right? Like he had to bring in, um, you know, his uh, wife for the first one. Uh, uh, he brought in Lawrence Kazan for yeah Empire Return of Jack because he's like a great story guy, terrible screenwriter. George Lucas, like terrible um, screenwriter. The the actors rewrote all their lines, specifically um, uh, Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, script what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie Fisher was a huge uh, script doctor in the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, but before that, she rewrote basically all of her lines in uh, Star Wars. I'm sure what she wrote was much, much, much better than what well, was given to her. It's what's in the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it's been a long time since I actually watched that movie or watched any of those movies. Um, so for me, Harrison yeah. Ford talks about like the first draft, like being like, 
like so full like like star trek like always has this problem where you have to do all this like technical jargon and that's hard to do naturally so like harrison we're talking about like imagine doing the technical jargon but it's also all imaginary and fantastical so then it's just you feel like you're just saying gobbledygook for star wars like the first time you're talking about a wookiee and chewbacca and no one has heard those before you must like feel like a crazy person yeah oh that's chewbacca he's a wookiee yeah wookiee you know, like a casual word that exists naturally in our, our language. Wookie. One of one of them famously said, you can write these words, but you can't say them. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's I have a uh, going in a completely different direction, but that reminded me of my all time favorite. I have two great Shakespeare stories and both of them okay. might not. Both of them might not be true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're gonna preface this with you're about to lie to everyone. <laughs> First is um Keanu Reeves is in Toronto in a Shakespeare festival in like the early nineties and he's p- performing in Hamlet. And in Hamlet there's a line where um uh uh Hamlet says uh Ah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, my two most excellent friends. Like, it's like, sort of like a conversation with them, right? Oh, no. Yeah. So, like, Keanu Reeves goes, like, ah, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, my two most excellent friends. And the whole, like, crowd goes, like, most excellent. <laughs> <laughs> won't let it continue. That one, that one maybe is not true. I don't know. It just sounds so crazy, but it makes me laugh. I mean, Second one. Could be true. Keanu Reeves definitely did do Shakespeare back in the early nineties because everyone was like, "Why? Why?" Because when he did uh, Dracula, everyone was like, "Well, he's already used to this. He's done Shakespeare before." Right. Yeah, it did that. It did a uh, um, much ado about nothing. Uh, uh, that movie. I was like, "Oh, oh, tough. That's sticking your lane." Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves will have a decade of showing that he's one of the worst actors ever. And then every 10 years or so, he'll come out with one of the most extraordinary like action movies ever made, like clockwork. It's nuts. But also like when he's in those movies, he'll he'll be pretty bad at like speed. Horrible acting. It's some of the worst acting I've ever seen, but it works just so well with that movie. And it's just perfect. And that I mean, speed's one of the greatest action movies ever. You cannot take your eyes off the screen the entire time i know what happens at the end and every time i watch i'm just like are they gonna are they gonna blow up what's gonna happen are they gonna make it like it's so good pop quiz hot shot yeah i know that's in the movie <laughs> <laughs> um and uh oh second one is um john wayne bring it full circle to like booing john wayne was performing as hamlet um and the crowd started booing uh, his performance as Hamlet, because John Wayne also famously not not the most loquacious of actors. Uh, the crowd mm-hmm. started booing, and John Wayne said, um, "I don't know what you're I don't know what you're booing me for. I didn't write this shit." Uh, I think that that's so funny that John Wayne like blamed the Shakespeare material <laughs> for why it wasn't going well. I fucking love it. That one. I mean given stories about John Wayne, that has to be true. There's no way, because John Wayne also, the only reason he ever put out any kind of good performance was because of John Ford forcing him to. Like, all, and it's almost to the point where you're like, does he not understand 
this character, but it's just John Ford was like, no, nah, say it like this. Trust me, it'll make sense. That's how it always feels. Like his his favorite role he's ever done, where he was like, this is the perfect man, is the one from The Searchers, where he plays a racist. Right. And the whole and movie is like, the whole movie is a like a re- rebuke against him. It's it's like a revisionist. It's like John Ford's like great masterpiece where he's looking back at all the westerns he's made. That's like um, idolize uh, you know the the massacre of the Native Americans and stuff. And it's like him like re looking at his own myth making. And John Ford doesn't. Uh, John John Wayne doesn't have the like the self awareness to realize that he's like. Oh no! This movie is about how you're wrong, and we've been wrong. Like, yeah, he just like leans into it. It's openly about how wrong, how bad of a character. Everyone hates John Wayne's character in the movie, rightfully so, because there's tons of times he says just awful, awful things about uh, uh, Native Americans. And <laughs> John Wayne was like, "I've done a great job," and he doesn't change either in the movie. He's a static character. At the point of the movie, like the very end of the movie, is him in the doorway, and then the door closes on him because it's like the world doesn't need you anymore, and oh, that's wow. like what they're saying. And John Wayne was like, "Perfect character. I should, I, I should play that character." And also, Genghis Khan for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have the same like. Um self-reflective arc that like Clint Eastwood has where like then for like the last like 30 years Clint Eastwood has made nothing of but about how like bad of a man he is like in all this movie like it's all about like oh maybe violence is wrong and uh, yeah like I, I, should, watched... I should cry macho <laughs> yeah like I watched uh uh Unforgiven recently and I was like this is a amazing movie this is so good and I'm sure there's parts of it that I missed that people would complain about but I loved it so much because it was it's like them taking apart all the westerns that he was in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. I've only seen him talk to an empty chair. Honestly, other than that, and then there's the one where he's mad that people are on his lawn. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, uh, the Grand one Yeah, Grand yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he sings. The <laughs> one that ends with him playing piano in heaven as uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's like that scene in happy gilmore <laughs> i think about that scene in happy gilmore every time it was good though <laughs> oh what is the empty chair movie you're talking about oh no it's not a movie it's just he was talking to a chair at what was it an award ceremony wasn't wasn't it at the like the RNC? I think that, right, it was the R the RNC. Yeah, it wasn't at an award ceremony. Jim, do you not see this? No, I know he's a libertarian, uh, so it would make sense that he went to the RNC. He put some of his best acting into talking to this chair. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was supposed to be it was supposed to be Obama sitting in the chair. Oh, that's right. So him like giving Obama like what for? In this like one man like monologue with an empty chair. It's pretty wild it's like i will watch that later tonight yeah it's something and everyone it's not even the the thing is it's like even even that crowd is like oh Oh. weird yeah (laughs) no this is this is a bipartisan just like moment of just what the fuck is going (laughs) on (laughs) 
11 minutes okay I, yeah. <laughs> anybody who doesn't know of this you're welcome uh <laughs> we're not responsible for how you feel about it when you watch it have you two seen the um the the robin williams uh test footage uh video are you familiar with this we heard about for Didn't it just come out recently yeah yeah i haven't watched it yet i saw someone post on facebook though test footage it's a someone who has created like a fake test footage thing for a Robin Williams biopic movie. Essentially, like he's like secreting oh. it into the world where he's like filmed himself in a scene playing Robin Williams. That's like almost like a spec script of like, mm-hmm. hey, some studio should pick this up as an idea for a movie and they should cast me in it. To be fair, he does do a very good Robin Williams impression, but the scene that he writes and performs in it. I will not spoil for you, but it is wild. It is a wild scene to choose. And I, <laughs> I, it is, I have my mouth with a gate. I'm, I'm open to it. I mean, I, I, if this were to become a thing, I mean, I think most people would be like, I guess I have to watch this. Um, yeah. I don't know. How, how do you feel about biopics? A lot of times, I feel like I've seen, I feel like I, I get them. It, okay. It very much depends on the biopic mm-hmm. most of them i don't like them um most i i will especially hate it if it goes through their entire life oh yeah that's i i don't think i've ever watched one where i was where they go through their their entire life where i liked it um except for and it's a fake biopic because it's mr holland's opus that's the only one that <laughs> they go through his whole life and i loved it for some reason <laughs> because it's i mean it's fake so they can they make up offense wait what do you mean what do you, what do you mean, <laughs> Mr. Holland's opus is? Oh a, oh, I'm not so a true sorry. story. Oh, oh no, oh, Frank. Oh geez, I'm so sorry. It they didn't just make a movie about a music teacher <laughs> who dies at the end. <laughs> I I don't even think he dies. I think he retires. <laughs> yeah, they perform a big uh, perform a big concert for him, and it ends with the the note from uh, A Day in the Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think the only one i've seen is uh or like recently it's not recently was elton john's mm-hmm. um, Rock yeah and that's fine but from what i understand like he was way more of a dick than that so they didn't show as enough of him being an like i guess he was more of an asshole which if you're alive and you get to have some say into the movie about you yeah you probably get that removed out a bit yeah of course yeah if Anytime they make a biopic of someone who's still alive, that movie is trash. Like it's not going to be it's not going to be true because they're going to be too afraid, either too afraid to insult the person or um the person's going to say don't put that in there. That's what happened even even when you're not like so that's what happened with Bohemian Rhapsody was the um, Oh yeah. You know that um uh what's his name? Uh Borat was uh <laughs> yeah, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. He changed his name. No, he changed his name legally to Borat as a commitment to the movie. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to stick with it wasn't Sasha Baron Cohen who was going to. <laughs> it, was yeah. it was He was going two two day two layers deep. It was Borat who was going to play My uh, Freddie Mercury. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. Uh... Uh, but like Queen was not, Queen felt like um, he was not doing a good job of like portraying Freddie Mercury, and so they cut him. They thought like oh, it's like, and that he was like digging too deep into like the darker parts about Freddie Mercury. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
They hacked them. That's, That's much more interesting. <laughs> That's what I want. Queen, although they went a little bit further because Brian May was like, okay, so he'll die halfway through the movie and then they'll continue on and show that the band kept going. Everyone was like, yeah, you, you and John Deacon are not the most interesting people in the world. <laughs> and Roger Taylor. I almost forgot his name. And they when they joined with... Um, oh, who? Adam... Uh, Adam, Adam, Adam Devine? Lamp, Adam Devine. Adam, <laughs> Adam, Adam Lampert. Yeah, I was going to say Adam Levine, and I was like, that's definitely not it. Um, but before that, it was the guy from um, Bad Company. Um, I don't know his name, but I do know I do know Bad Company. Yeah. Um, well, of course, you uh, have a, a father who uh, lived in the 70s, so of course you know who uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bad Company is. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly why I know Bad Company. What was that song that was like... Uh, I almost said sucking on a chili dog, but I know that's uh, <laughs> John Cougar Su- Mellencamp. Sucking on a chili dog. <laughs> uh, they do uh, fear like making. Fear like making. Were they a superstar? Yes, they had superstar. Yeah, superstar. Yeah. All right, keep going. We could do this for at least another 10 minutes for everybody. <laughs> Johnny was 14 when he listened to his first Beatles record. I don't know the tune of the song, but uh, that's, the, that's the general vibe of it. <laughs> and then they Bad Company. I love a um, band that has a song that's the title of their band. Bad Company. <laughs> Like uh, Black, I mean Black Sabbath had Black Sabbath went a step further where they had their first album. The first song in their first album was called Black Sabbath. So if you look at it on like your iPod, it says Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Oh, weird. <laughs> you can't get any more than that. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Are you are you a Black Sabbath fan? No, I'm a Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath fan. Only Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. And then after it's done, I usually watch the movie Black Sabbath where they got their name. <laughs> Which I Good. think has Jack Nicholson in it, maybe? I'm going to look the, into that real quick. Is this the part where you make stuff up? No, no. Black Sabbath movie. 1963. Ooh. Uh, oh, no, it has Boris Karloff in it. You know how you get those two confused all the time. <laughs> Every is time. It a, is it a Roger Corman movie? Is that why you uh, Jack Nicholson? Probably, uh, right? Mario Bavo, actually. Uh, so it's, a, it's an Italian movie. Uh... Boris Karloff getting those checks. <laughs> Boris Karloff always shows up in things. Like, he's the, the voice of the Grinch. Yeah. And you're always... I, I remember seeing that and being like, the the Frankenstein was the Grinch? That's weird. And he was also in, like, The Mummy. And he, he just showed up in things and he would be an excellent actor. Wait, was he The Mummy? Yeah. He was in, like, the 30s, yeah. Yeah, he was The Mummy in The Mummy. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'd show up in a movie with, uh, with, what's that guy's name? Bella Lugosi. Yeah, he'd show up with, up with Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi, great actor. For some reason, when he was up against Boris Karloff, Boris Karloff would act circles around him. Mm. It was very strange. What? Well, what to- well, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say Bella Lugosi, um, Boris Karloff has an upper hand because he's British and English is his first language, and Bella Lugosi is Hungarian. So... 
he's acting in his second language. And I think that that's always like underrated for how hard that is. Cause he was like a renowned, um, theater stage actor, um, mm-hmm. in Hungary. He'd actually, um, originated the role of Dracula on the stage, um, to like rousing success. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Makes sense. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that isn't to discount the fact that he was, it is a second language. I should have I should have in this time thought of an answer to the question, but uh, I'm just trying to think in terms of like actors uh, that exist, uh, like which ones I haven't seen together because if they did, they would just be like our worlds would implode. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like they try to over like over or they like kind of outact the other person. What was what was that movie where it was the that it's probably okay, an oceans gonna... movie if it's no, too many it's, people. <laughs> it's from like the seventies. Uh, it was two actresses. I think one of them was Joan Crawford. It might have been Joan Crawford and... Betty Davis. Yeah, it was Betty Davis. They were in a movie together and basically tried to strangle each other the entire time because they hate each other. Oh, really? What movie was that? And it's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Yes, uh, that is it. And that's the plot of the movie, too. Like, plot of the movie is like <laughs> one of the sisters is trying to kill the other sister. And it's really playing up the fact that they, they really hated each other in their life. No, I mean, that's kind of clutch. If, if your characters have to like each other on set, that's got to be way worse. But at a certain point, I think probably, like, actors in that situation where your opponent in the movie is also someone you hate, they're like, hey, thank you for making... They're like, equally in respect of, like, I'm glad we hate each other so fucking much. It's making this movie perfect. Uh, I, I you even see... Who was it that I watched this? Um, Burt Reynolds pied someone in the face. What was oh, it? Mark Summers. Yeah, Mark Summers and Burt Reynolds. Have you seen that? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. When I watched that, I was just like, at a certain point, it's awkward for everybody, but also they're like, but I'm a professional, so I'm going to hate you in a way that's at least entertaining for everyone-ish. Did it got you... a little awkward a few times, but it's still gold. It's actually funny. If you read uh, the part when that happens in Mark Summers' book, Mark Summers said he doesn't have any ill will against uh, Burt Reynolds, but he hates Jay Leno because he was like, Jay Leno was clearly playing that up. And also Jay Leno had made fun of Burt Reynolds, uh, his recent divorce on that episode, like a bunch of times. So Burt Reynolds was incredibly pissed off by the time Mark Summers got to come out. Oh, so it just seemed like uh, Summers was taking the first strike, but it was actually something that had been going for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And if you if you watch the clip, you can see them at the end, like kind of hug it off. And he said that when he, they like whispered in each other's ears, it was like kind of like a "Yeah, you're a good guy" kind of thing. Yeah. I want to pie Mark Summers in the face, though. That's like a goal of mine. Does that make me a bad person? Because he's nice. <laughs> no, no but like that's like his whole thing, though, right? Like, yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that in like a positive way. I feel like it, like something like in in a way where we both agree to it. I don't want to just be like, "Hey, that's Mark Summers. I'm glad I have my pie." <laughs> if you pie him in the face i think then you just have to be willing to go then ride the pie coaster um yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> trying to think so like i, I guess like De Niro. Uh, the oh, rumor was that like the near pacino like didn't like each other but like is then that like, culminates like he um that's pretty good imagine it was like charged that day i, w- I wonder who hates tom hanks and, like, who Tom Hanks hates. Like, I really hope there's got to be someone that it's Tom Frank. Hanks is like, I will not work with them ever again. Yeah, you, you know, know who it is? Yeah. You know, there is a true answer to this. Oh, you, you know really? Tom Hanks? Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Who's mad at Tom Hanks and who does Tom Hanks hate? So Tom Hanks made the movie Turner and Hooch. Yes. He hates the dog? Is it the, is it the dog? He doesn't hate the dog. The original, I don't know who ended up directing Turner and Hooch. 
the original director of Turner and Hooch, Tom Hanks had fired. And the original director of Turner and Hooch is Henry Winkler. <laughs> what? what? Wait. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy because Kai and I love uh, Henry Winkler. Yeah, you love the Fonz. Yeah, right, 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 right. But I like Henry Winkler now. I like Henry Winkler ever since he's been covered in bees. From then on, I'm like, I'm down with Henry Winkler. I don't know much about him. I know that, like, he it was he was like the Fonz was very opposite from his general vibe like um for him why but sweet natured yeah. man yeah well even like even at the apparently at the time he remembers like i'm not this cool like i'm not this person like i'm not this confident person that's not my that's not who i am at all uh but i love oh my god i'm just trying to think of tom just giving winkler the the get out no more for you oh my god so this is after he did happy days i didn't know henry winkler was doing that <laughs> Most days are after he did Happy Days, yeah. I don't know if he did much directing after that, but yeah. I, and... I looked it up. It's uh, Roger Spottis, Spottiswood, who after that he did Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Ooh. And then Tomorrow oh. Never Dies. Oh, no. <laughs> the worst of the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. Oh, what about uh, the one that came right after that one? Or was oh. this the fourth one? The world is not a, so like gold, gold. Wait, hang on, hang on. Golden Eye, tomorrow never dies. World is not enough, and then I, I guess die another day is pretty bad too. I okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I think tomorrow never dies might have been the most boring one. Is that the one that um, it's it's essentially the guy. It's for the TV. media mogul. Yeah, it's like Jonathan Price is like a TV guy. Yeah, He's just trying to make the TV. I why gotta is, say, die another day. Not, What's up? Why is this movie not on our list? The James Bond movies? Oh my! They're not on the list. But there's 24 of them, soon to be <laughs> yeah. 25. Yeah, it's fine. I what you don't want to do an entire almost year <laughs> or like half a year of just James Bond? <laughs> I've done it. I I watched all of them during pandemic. Like it's you go a little crazy. It's it there. <laughs> I gotta say, the ones I love are the like batshit crazy ones. The because uh. Die Another Day, definitely the worst one of them. Yeah. But it's also absolutely the best one because I was excited the entire movie. I could not stop watching that one. Whereas like some of them, it gets boring usually around like the second half of the second act before they like, get into the, like the big bad thing. You, like there's a part in um a view to a view to a kill where they're just like riding horses for a little bit and that's just what they're doing. And you're like, all right whatever this doesn't really have anything to do with anything but that one is just enthralling all the way through that and moonraker is also absolutely crazy where they go to space out of nowhere oh and like ian fleming wrote moonraker uh before uh neil armstrong landed on the moon so Mm -hmm. it was all like it was pure speculative fiction at that point when he wrote it i actually so i read moonraker they don't go to space yeah that's so funny it's about a missile that is going to go to space and then it's going to hit London. Uh, I don't even think oh. it goes to space. I think it just is going to hit London. Like it's supposed to hit uh, where the queen lives. Buckingham Palace. Thank you. Buckingham Palace. And then James Bond just rides around this island trying to figure out if Drax is the bad guy or not. <laughs> that's, that's really what's going And he immediately is the bad guy. 
Uh, James Bond movies are tough because I think it's tough because the Cold War is over. <laughs> <laughs> it ruined everything for 007. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I mean, the Sean Connery ones are one of the, I think the thing that I found most interesting was how insanely outdated they are. Yes. Like, not only with, like, technology, but also, like, attitudes toward things. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. there's a famous clip from Goldfinger where he, like, there's a woman who, there's, like, a woman he's talking to, and then uh, I think Felix comes up, and he's like, all right, now run along, this is man's work, and he slaps her on the butt, and she runs away. And it's like, oh, God, that yes. never would fly today unless they were specifically doing exactly, like, making fun of this exact situation. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Well, like, Daniel, Daniel Craig, like, wanted to, like, because, like, they had to do that scene where, like, um, uh, Ursula Le Guin, like, comes, like, out of uh, um, the water, uh, <laughs> which has been parody. Then Daniel Craig's like, no, we're going to flip the script. In Casino Royale, I'm going to be the one that comes out of water, and I'm, I'm going to, everyone's going to Google me. The thing about the Daniel Craig ones that's funny is that the it, Casino Royale is, like, this is the origin story of James Bond. Yep. And then... Every single one since then, like now there have been four movies since then as a five have been about how James Bond is just far too old for this stuff anymore. <laughs> he, in every single one of the movies, he either quits or goes rogue. Yeah. Those are the uh, those are the two things he does. He's like, ah, I'm, I'm too old for this. I'm getting I'm going to I'm going to retire. Or he's like, everyone's infiltrated uh, MI6. I, I'm going rogue. Yeah, that's all crucial. four movies are that. Crucial for spy movies because oh. uh, Tom Cruise does that too in all the Mission Impossible. He uh, mm -hmm. is that Mission Impossible on the list? It yeah, is it's on, on the there. List. Yeah, we'll watch it at some point. I've never seen any of them, so I really want to. I feel like if I have, it was by accident and it was just on. Um, I know that he's like really good at like hanging on to planes. That's what I've gathered thus far. He's really good at it. Did he really <laughs> do that too? Or he really is that what? Am I? It, did I just make that up? That he held onto a plane? Oh, he yeah. really did that. He yeah, did the, okay. he did his own stunt. Yeah, he does. He does his own stunts. He there's a stunt in one of them where like he like you can like they leave it in the movie because it's like the single take where like he like shatters his foot uh, jumping off a building onto another building. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, I saw that clip. Uh, oh and uh, yeah, and. and He's been making them for 25 years. He's been like doing it. It's, it's insane. They're going to keep doing it. I mean, honestly, I expect another Die Hard. I expect one more. I really do. I feel like everybody is just going around doing their like one more. Uh, you know, Sylvester, you gave up Rocky, but you did another Rambo for some reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. At a certain point, we're like, hey, we literally made the Expendables because we were just like, whatever you guys got, just keep. <laughs> just I give mean... it all you got at the end. Yeah. I mean, Rocky, he, Sylvester Sloan's doing his own thing where he's doing the uh, the sly cut of uh, Rocky IV. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like, that that 90 minute movie. That's all uh, all montages. They're trying to make that into like a three hour movie. <laughs> all the things they made me cut. I guarantee you it's still all montages. <laughs> They're also he's. One of the strange things, though, is uh, they're leaving the robot on the cutting room floor. Like, they're cutting that out, and somehow they're going to make that <laughs> three-hour movie. 
<laughs> that was like half the movie. Yeah, yeah the robot's the best part. Oh. I uh, I mentioned to Kai um, the um, clip. I don't know if if you seen Jim. I don't know if you if you watched it, Kai, but uh, the clip of Benedict Cumberbatch uh, acting as a smog. I don't know if you've seen it. Where I ha- he goes, I I've seen it. it. No, I need to watch it <laughs> with him like <laughs> slinking around. Guillermo's belly, really, really method acting. This, what, what do you think? What do you think Benedict Cumberbatch's reaction was to watching this movie after he had been like, "Yes, this is gonna be incredible." Peter Jackson's incredible. Love those Lord of the Rings movies. I'm gonna slither around on my belly, and he's gonna make it magic like Gollum. <laughs> I really think he thought it was a masterpiece. I, I feel like he saw himself, and he was like, "Perfect. I've done it. This is much better than anything else I've ever done." I look just like a dragon here. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, did you do CGI on this? <laughs> look at that. I, I, I'm such a good method actor. I look just like a dragon. <laughs> oh, this is so fun to look at. I honestly haven't seen any of these images. Yeah, this it's, is great. He, but I mean, his performance in the movie is really great. Oh, there's one of him just full on fr- like frozen mid screaming at something, and it's just good. Benedict, look at you! You're so talented. I'm so proud of him for being a dragon. That's great. It was cool watching Sherlock and uh, Watson talk to each other in two completely different characters. <gasps> oh, those are two people that I think don't like each other um, in real life, which is interesting. Which I think like shows like yeah, I don't think that, or at least they're not like. Hmm. You think they're, is it like a not, Mythbusters situation where like they're not really friends but they are like coworkers? I think it's like Mythbusters, yeah. Or yeah, it's like Mythbusters or like uh, Penn and Teller. Penn and Teller like famously don't hang out outside of work. They're like, yeah, we really just have this like one thing in common. And uh, yeah, and, which is Jim. strange. Same thing. I fucking we don't talk. We're not friends outside of this. It's literally just rotten treasure. Two different states. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care about Jim. Outside of this, I'm 100% not interested in his life. One time Kai came to my apartment and gave me a sticker and I was like, why Why did you show up here? How did you find my address? <laughs> How did you know what my address was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that one time I tried to establish friendship and then honestly, I get my lane now. I'm the other host and that's all that I am. I get it. That's fine. I'm surprised uh, you even like opened up the door, Jim. I'm... I... I, I I expected Kai to just like put it underneath the uh in through my uh door my you mail slot. It. That's the mail one. Mail slot. You got yeah. it. I said put it in through the mail slot, and you said no. I want to see your face. I wanted to see I you react. To you. I got him the uh we each I got matching stickers. Actually, it's on the computer I'm currently using right now. It's it's two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet away because they're not gay. It's such a dumb vine, <laughs> but I know that Jim really likes it, so I got I, this one. I used it as a bookmark, and I don't know where it is now anymore. I I'm I loved it so much that I when we were uh, oh geez when we went on to uh, the Watching It podcast we were uh, I think the description I gave was that we're like five states away. Um, oh yeah, and one of us is gay or whatever the <laughs> two friends uh, chilling on a podcast five states away and one of them's gay. I think is what I went with. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I like it. I'm yeah. pretty proud of myself. It rolls off the tongue really well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, sadly I missed out on vines. Vines weren't a thing. It's not it's not too late, but it also it kind of is. I'm just gonna keep Tim Vine. 
if you were the maker of Vine, if you were the inventor of Vine, and then Vine failed, and you're like, all right, well, that's fair. The market decided that that's not what they were into. Mm -mm. How bitter are you about TikTok? You're like the most bitter. bitter Oh, yes, you are. (laughs) So bitter. (laughs) And you're like, sure, this is like, okay, I tried, but like people just clearly aren't into this kind of medium. We're at the point, to, to be fair, the death of Vine was they got bought by Twitter and Twitter shut them down. Oh. That is the that is the truth. However, yeah, the, the creator of Vine is so mad at TikTok right now. Oh. <laughs> I'm so I, I love Vine so much that I have a group of TikToks that I like that are just uh some are Vine compilations and some are TikToks that feel like Vines. <laughs> One of them is like a pigeon or no, it's a it's a guy looking at his shirt that says like I'm with stupid and it's like pointing everywhere and he just goes, <laughs> The, and then he turns to a pigeon that's on the street next to him and goes, that's so you. And it, it's so funny to me. One of, I think, the funniest things, funny to me, funny to no one else but me, one of the funniest things I've ever made was with uh, um, uh, The Prince, uh, with um, uh, Jamie Glasheen and I, my, uh, my sketch writing partner, who now lives in a different state than me. Um, but uh, we made just like one vine like i think we have just like one like we have like a vine account we had a vine account and we have one vine on there i'm not even going to describe it to you because it's it would make you be like like it would be like someone describing a dream like i was like, oh. <laughs> be like ah cool uh but just know that as long as as long as i tell you that i think it's the funniest thing i've ever made it's just going to like the hype of that is going to live in a medium that you'll never be able to access uh, oh, I'm gonna spend the next five weeks until this is out to try to find it. <laughs> we can't; they're gone. No, I'm gonna find it. Don't worry. Frank, about did you it. save it? No. <laughs> well, then it's completely gone. No. I think it's, it's on an old hard drive somewhere. I'm sure, maybe, or like an old phone. We can find this. I I had a friend who made. He actually made really really funny vines. Uh, he just never got popular because it's very hard to get popular. But like the stuff he made was really good. The only one I remember was uh, it was like a box on the side of the road full of toys. And uh, there was a sign that said free. And he did the joke of like, oh, pull over. And he goes and grabs the uh, the sign and kicks over the bucket of toys and then <laughs> runs back. And it's like, what? yeah, you did the joke. You, you can <laughs> the thing. Oh, because in, in our lifetime, in our lifetime, there were um, in the early 2010s, there were two groups of people that were equally confident that teens were into uh, 30 second videos and three hour movies that they had (laughs) for both the whole gamut all being aimed at the same demographic and and both kind of wrong turned out wrong wrong demographic Mm. you got it To be fair, yeah. they were seven-second videos. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. 30 yeah. seconds. That's so, like, so short. I don't even know what I would do with that. That's the point. That's why That's why I love oh. about it so much is because you you don't have time to set anything up. You yeah. have to pitch it. There. Comedy. Go. Vine prov. Just do it. Just seven-second seven scenes back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-for... For a good forty minutes, I feel I, like people are gonna love it. I would love that. That is <laughs> right up my alley. I yeah. that 
Oh, because then you're just going for batting average. Because like, oh. yeah. <laughs> not to get into the god, that was going to become like an improv theory podcast. They're going to be yeah. like, bye. But yeah, like, no, oh, it's it's much. People, it's a good fifty percent of it. Yeah, because everyone's instinct doing improv is to go for the home runs anyway, and it becomes mm-hmm. such a home run. It goes like, you know, I'm hitting for power, not for average. Mm-hmm. God, fighting them, just doing seven. We're like, if a third of them work. What an incredible show. <laughs> I would just fuck with people and be like, I would do the exact same scene, but like 10, like 10 minutes later, just yeah. to see if anyone's really paying attention. <laughs> I Was that the same scene where they just like tied their shoe? I thought we saw that earlier. I, I do love when like when people realize that the first line they said was as good as it's going to get. And then they like cut the scene. I saw one time this girl came out into a scene and she just goes, and that's why I'm not allowed back in court anymore. And then they, <laughs> they, everyone was like, well, we can't get any higher than that. So they cut the scene and they went on to the next one. It just with no reference. Don't know who they are. Don't know where they are. Just... If I remember, she did the like, she did the thing that like most is like did when he was in a, when he was in like that, uh, where they uh, uh, auction, auction off a, a date with him. Where he just keeps walking off to the off the stage. I think she did that. <laughs> she just kept walking to the other side of the stage, and they cut it. So she even knew. Yeah. Um, I saw um, the Cambridge uh, Footlights uh, came to town once uh, on tour. It's the um, the Cambridge University in jolly old England town. Um, it's the um, their sketch like troupe that so it was like college kids that like then like did like a tour of America in the summer like doing their sketches which is pretty cool but it's the it's the um you know it's the sketch group that like Monty Python like came from and stuff okay. so, um but they did this sketch that was my favorite thing that I saw them do was um now I'm just like promoting their sketch and doing that thing That's I am wearing but um who knows where these they're all bricklayers now in jolly old England. Probably not. They all went to Cambridge. They're all Fortune 500 Brexiters. Um, uh, Good point. <laughs> the um, they, they got so elaborately dressed up in costumes. Like they like really like to the nines, like of like royal costumes that like did like the horns and had like and like had them like all come out this like huge thing of like guys and horns like and like um uh this uh. <laughs> Like kid walks down and they go, and they go. Now presenting his royal highness, the king. And the kid goes, "Is is my dad dead?" <laughs> 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 and they just black out. And like, so funny. <laughs> See. It's all you need. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. That's, somebody should have given that line to like uh, uh, Peter Jackson. Just like, we can cut. Peter, I could do this. Oh, and I, I could do this this book in 20 minutes. Give me 20 minutes. We'll be in and out. It'll be great. <laughs> 20 minutes. I w- actually, I was thinking about like the perfect way to do this movie. Because the book is all like vignettes almost. That mm-hmm. by the end of it, you're like, oh, yeah, it, it does kind of come together. The perfect way to do this would have been like. Um, over the garden wall, where mm. it's just like ten minute episodes mm-hmm. of like now they kind of like fight some spiders, and then next oh. week we'll see what goes, what happens next. 
if it just so happened a time out that Netflix existed when Lord of the Rings was like, be like, we should make it into a, a thing. A series would have been a better idea. Like it would have been Which is what they're doing. It would have been no. It would have been yeah. Film the whole thing at the same time. I was what you said. I'm sorry. Did you say that's why they're doing it. They are doing it, right? Amazon's doing it. That's Amazon's right. Doing a series now. Oh yeah, I yeah. Think yeah it's yeah. more like I think it might be the Silmarillion, more of that kind of stuff. I think it might be. I think it's Second Age. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying, like, imagine all of these actors and just like literally same thing, but just like you gotta like I'd be fine with it being stretched out that way, you know, like a little bit more than I am. Would I? Right, because like you could get some backstory on like there are twelve dwarves that like yeah. Is there any different? Like they try the the movie does try to like make some difference, but like there's no real discernible like character. Like Lord of the Rings at least like does like as like does like that like pretty good of like and this is an elf and then like elves are like Legolas is distinctly this and Gimli is distinctly this. And the right. four hobbits have like this. Well, I guess like there's Frodo, Sam, and then like Mary and Pippin are like pretty interchangeable. But right, right like yeah. we have like, these like big broad characteristics, and then like we have like twelve dwarves. They just have the same point of view, almost the same names, and also to the point where mm-hmm. there's so many of them that the two like two of them were left behind, and the other ones didn't even notice. <laughs> 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 They're like, whatever. There's enough of us. Let's go on this adventure. <laughs> yeah. If if I remember in the book, one of them breaks their leg. Uh, one of them dies. That's his big characteristic. Uh, mm-hmm. Is at the end of the movie or at the end of the book he dies. One of them is very young, uh, and one of them is th- uh, Thorin. Okay, that's that's all of their characteristics. Oh, oh, Balin they talk to a lot. He's he's like the one that speaks for everyone. Right, and so then Balin like has this connection with Frodo, and then like that's supposed to be. Um, like I think like Hobbit ends with like Balin going like all right and I'm going off like on adventure like to like Moria and mm-hmm. then that sets up like Balin's the one that like wakes up the Balrog because um, they he digs too deep yep. he woke something yeah and also in that tomb is Ori mm-hmm. he's the one that wrote the, th- the wrote the the passage about the drums yeah they are coming mm-hmm. which is oh I love that when he's although. I, I was reading the thing where they were like, it's such like Gandalf gets so pissed off at Pippin for knocking that skeleton mm-hmm. comically into a well. Uh, but they go into this uh, tomb and even Legolas is like, yeah, we shouldn't hang out here. And then Gandalf picks up a book and is like, what happened here? Why is there a bunch of dead people here? And he picks up the book and they're like, oh, shit, looks like these guys died. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, what a detective! Yeah, and then uh, a skeleton falls in, and he's like, "You idiot! How could you have let this happen? <laughs> it's not fair. Free pitch like, or whatever." Yeah, but in his defense, like in terms of like a learning curve, like they literally had just had like hours before an experience where it's like, "Hey, don't." Don't disturb anything because there might be a giant sea monster. Yeah. And I, I, I like if after that sea monster experience has locked me into the cave <laughs> with possibly no way out, I would be like, I'm not just touching anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would be terrible to go on a quest though. The first wrong thing happened, I'd be like, this is a terrible mistake. Um, well, you're, it sounds like you're essentially Bilbo. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, just to, 
completely that's who i realized i am i'm bilbo and i'm okay with that like that's kind of where i'm at i think i at least a hobbit i know i'm a hobbit um we're kind of okay with i mean that's the point of bilbo he's it's his hero's journey we're all supposed to be the everyman that is bilbo which martin freeman great job fantastic i'll say yeah yeah for a bad movie martin freeman does great great job yeah and like he's definitely acting in what should have been the good hobbit movie like he's he's doing a great job like the the when i was watching it when he releases all of the barrels and then he's like proud of himself and then he realizes there's no barrel for him barrel for him who would have thought that was a tough you got it that's to say barrel, barrel for yeah. him oh you oh. mean my new band that's happening yeah we got a show this barrel. weekend barrel for him um <laughs> barrel for him <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when he realized the industrial rock band, um... <laughs> but uh, his face when he does that is perfect. It's so good. You're like, I I laughed out loud when he did that. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, huh, shit. All right, and he just like pulls the lever and jumps in the water himself. Yeah, man. Dang. I, there's something frustrating about this movie. There are like bad movies, and you're like almost able to write them off. I think there's a frustrating thing about these movies where like ah so close, like ah you make a couple different choices. These movies might be great. Uh, you you cut it down, you trim it, you make it watchable to the human eye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a note! <laughs> what a note! If you just if you just do that, talk, that's if you can. If you don't mind making it, I mean everything. If you can get to everything else, that'd be great. But just like you know, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, just a quick note, Peter. Uh, the way that the brain works is uh, when it <laughs> receives information uh, from the eyes. If it feels like it's being lied to in some way. <laughs> Everyone who watches your movie gets a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's working. That's what he wants. Uh, which uh, Lindsay Ellis made this point in her video about uh, how it's 48 frames per second and then 4K, which means it's double, it's uh, quadruple the uh, processing power it is to do the CGI. And it's a very CGI heavy movie. That's why mm-hmm. the gold statue looks god awful when it yeah, melts. Yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It felt like Aladdin. I was like, oh, this is just like like a le- like Aladdin levels like horrible melty yeah. gold situation. Yeah. I was like, is this a car- when did this become a cartoon? It felt like what, that what episode of The Simpsons where he goes into 3D land and then they show the water. Mm. Like it felt like it looked like that because uh, in the uh, the writers' commentary of that episode, they they said we spent so much time with that water because of how expensive it was to make that water. So that's why we made it sit there for like, that's why Homer sits there for like 30 straight seconds looking at it. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is funny to think about that episode, like being like, uh, like it's that like tight rope of like, we're like kind of making fun of this thing, but also like this technology is still very brand new and we're actually working very hard on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pre toy story. Crazy. Wait, Did what is really? pre-Toy Story? I thought that was the beginning of time. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. I'm keeping that all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so far as six, that's what it is. Yeah, I guess so. Oh wow. Homer cubed is the 
is the one. At one point, he says, has anyone seen Tron? And then everyone says no. And then, except for Chief Wiggum, he says he says no twice. And then Danny says yes. And then he goes, oh, wait, I mean no. <laughs> oh, man. I can tell you every joke from that episode, Kai. <laughs> you just, once again, I've only seen, really, like, the first episode of the first season. It's very sad. They're very poor. They got a dog. That's all I got. That is a helper. That's my re- yeah. yeah, that's my relationship with The Simpsons, really, except for a couple moments where it's been on in the background and other people were watching it. Um, yeah, that's it. It's wild because Batman does that, too. It's wild, like 90, 90s cartoons, like um, starting with uh, um, like the, the Christmas episode is the first episode of the season. Oh. First episode, the, the pilot of Batman is uh, on leather wings where he fights man bat. Um, yes, this is the Batman cartoon. But the first episode that ever aired was the episode where Joker tries to steal Christmas. I Batman and Robin have to stop him. Yeah, I Jingle, Jingle Bell's Batman smells. Robin laid an egg. I um, <laughs> I I recently tried to watch the the Batman show, the animated series, and I was like, well, should I watch it in order of like it aired, or should I watch it in order that they made it? And I just ended up going with the order that is on HBO Max because I looked it up and everyone was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like both both versions of it, Robin just comes and goes as he pleases. Right. Like there's yeah. no consistency whatsoever. Yeah, because it's not, um, you know, it, it, there's no real character growth, which is like kind of good. Like I think it's kind of what makes Batman good for like kids. It's like when you're a kid, you can just like, it's just a Batman episode, and then Batman ends up Batman acts like Batman, and you learn a little bit about the bad guys. There's like no right, there's no arcs to follow. Um, yeah, the the villains kind of get the arc. Yeah, which is yeah. kind of the interesting thing about Batman. Um, and then you don't really get like the arc stuff until um, even Justice League, like for like the Bruce Timm universe. Now we're really getting into the nerdy. I love like, the DCEU. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is what it's called. Oh man, that episode of TCEU is when um, uh, they do the Batman Beyond um, episode where they like tie it all together. They like they do a Batman Beyond episode of Justice League where they like tie together like Batman's whole experience, it's like like this like final chapter. Incredible to watch. It's really great. It's um, it's nice. It's just it's just like beautiful. Ugh. I don't watch enough animated stuff, and honestly, like I, I instead during the pandemic, right off the get go, I, I did the CW verse. Like I kind of like in an unhealthy way watched like Kyle a lot Fly. of that content. Uh, I watched like the Flash, Arrow, fucking. I was watching like Legion, fucking whatever show oh, it was. Uh, yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. Le- yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. I was watching that. Uh, I did a couple. Like, whenever they did the crossovers, I was like, "All right, I gotta watch." Apparently, I I'm gonna start watching this show now. Uh, Star Girl. I didn't watch any of it, but I did watch the. Uh, I didn't get. I didn't get to that. I think my my world stopped for a minute, and I was like, I, "What am I doing?" I just no more. I gotta stop. <laughs> I gotta stop investing into the the CW verse is what they rebranded it as, not the Arrowverse anymore. But yeah, no, I mean, fuck it. I think I need to go animated. There's not enough animated content in my life, which is why I'm kind of excited that we're going to finish this out with the animated Lord of the Rings stuff, because I just yeah. don't absorb animated content, like, except for, you know, our Aladdin run. Um, well, get ready. Uh, the the Rankin-Bass Hobbit is excellent. 
I loved it when I watched it as a kid. Uh, and I, I, it's, it's better than any of these movies. Uh, yeah. The Bakshi one, I have not watched yet, but I am familiar with a lot of the things that happen in it. And I watched a folding ideas about, about it. And it's kind of insane. Cause Bakshi was a, his big uh, claim to fame was uh, Fritz the cat. Okay. Right, 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 right. Uh, and the then you're making the first X-rated uh, feature-length cartoon to the Lord yeah. of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you can kind of see some of like Fritz the Cat showing up in the Lord of the Rings, but he also was like, "We're he because he was on, it was the '70s, so he was on a ton of cocaine, sure. and he could not focus whatsoever, which is why it took him like ten years to make the movie, Yikes. and then it has no." like cohesion to it when it comes to like animation style there's like weird times where they like rotoscope actors i was just gonna ask that i thought it's yeah lord of the rings the one where he did rotoscope right which is a Mm -hmm. wild way to animate um yeah like they rotoscope like orcs but then like gandalf is regular animation Mm -hmm. it's very strange and but then return of the king i think is rank and bass again right like yeah it's um, gonna be a journey. I think it's gonna be impressive to watch, like, not how much Peter Jackson steals from those movies because he steals a lot from those movies, like vibe-wise. He uh, said that, yeah. Vibe-wise, he steals a lot from that. I think he steals a lot from that, and I always thought he still for Two Towers. Um, yeah, I know you already talked about Two Towers, but like mm. how he- heavily that movie is influenced by. Um, Army of Darkness, the um, oh Bruce, yeah yeah the Bruce Campbell uh, Evil Dead movie, Army of Darkness, big influence on uh, the Two Towers battle scene at Helm Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, very silly. Yeah, because um, he was a so Peter Jackson was a huge horror director, and you can see all of his horror influences at play, especially in Fellowship of the Ring. I had mentioned that when we did that episode; it's so apparent. Yeah, uh, the rank and death habit makes so much sense. Uh, I don't watch enough horror films, but uh, that'll change. But we shouldn't tell everybody what it is yet. And I mean, like, actually, let's not tell everybody. Like, not our bit where we're like, let's not tell everybody what the next franchise is. And then we tell them. We're actually not going to do that because we still have three more, no, four more fucking movies to go through. I'm actually... So you don't want me to right now tell Frank that but like cut this out later. I'll cut, I'll cut it out or cro- crossover. Can I get a name of a movie, uh, Frank, if you could? Casablanca. Casablanca? <laughs> the the Casablanca ca- series. Yeah, I'll cut that over it. Jim, Jim the Casablanca is- horror series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casual. Casual. He got real off the, off the rails in Casablanca 6. <laughs> uh, yeah. Third one where all those Nazi zombies and stuff. <laughs> I, honestly... I think they stole from Call of Duty. Personally, that's where I think they were influenced. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, but honestly, kudos to Netflix for just trying to pretend like they didn't steal that. Good for them. <laughs> what's your favorite uh, horror movie, uh, Kai, and then Jim? But like, what's what's your favorite one? And then what's your like level for horror? Okay, no joke. I, uh, Halloween Town, a hundred percent scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, it's either that or the one where the girl gets this, uh, her face, uh, the mask stuck to her face and goosebumps. Um, 
Because yeah. oh, yeah. that sounds, I would hate a mask stuck to my face. I already don't like my face that much, but the idea of another face being stuck to it bothers me tremendously. Mm. Yeah, that's I don't want that. Oh, yeah, that's deeply inside of Ugh. That's very claustrophobic. What about you, Jim? What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I love The Shining just like as a as a movie, but as like a horror movie, it's it's kind of it's one of those like, oh, it's a cliche thing to say. But it is. I think it might be the movie I've seen the most. Yeah, me too. I, I love The Shining, but yeah, I don't even know if it's a horror movie. It's just it's its own thing. It's just like Kubrickian movie. Yeah, because he, he definitely did the because uh, he he showed everyone Eraserhead and he was like, we're going to make this movie. And you can totally see how he just wanted to go for uh, like an atmosphere, and that was it. He was like, "I'm taking all of the all of the plot out of uh, the book. This and I'm King just going to make Eraserhead." Much to Stephen King's chagrin, who hate. I think this is. I think that might be an exercise, along with these movies. Is uh, it's an exercise in you don't really need to do everything word for word. They did that in the 90s for The Shining, and it's god-awful. Yeah. I don't know if you've read the book of The Shining, but they spend probably half the book talking about a wasp nest. Yeah. What's what's really bad is that when I'm thinking about it like a book adaptation, like you're talking about like they shouldn't have done it, I'm going to The Outsiders, and I'm like, yeah, The Outsiders could have been so much better if they really just had range and they really put their own spin on it. Um, I, wanna, I, want the, I want an Outsiders like whole... Amazon Prime series. I want that. Uh, give me, give me soda pop for like a whole season. Um, and I, I want it to be all the same actors. Like I want Amelia Estevez <laughs> to come as, back as like fourteen year old kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that gonna be weird? Do you think for anybody? I mean, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> all right, y'all. I think it's that point. Um, I want to uh, make sure that we get the things on the episode. So if there is not something you had a chance to talk about thus oh, far, final um, notes. I want to get into them. Final notes. Uh, if if is it, if you don't have one, I can. I I have one. Please. Uh, I don't remember the scene. This movie was so long that I don't remember the scene that I took this note about. But I wrote down: Is that hairy guy going to squeeze that mouse? Oh, Bjorn. <laughs> I thought the same thing, actually. Despite the fact I know that the character, is, like the point of the character is he's so in touch with nature. Uh, I also was like, is he going to kill that mouse? What's going to happen here? Bjorn is a weird one to explain. In Lord- Weirdly, like for how Lord of the Rings like expands in scope. Uh, Bjorn's one of those like weird ones that's like, yeah, so we have elves and we have dwarves and we have uh, humans and we have hobbits. Uh, we also have uh, this person that can change to a bear at will. We don't know. <laughs> and we don't, I think know, called we don't know where he came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not really sure what his deal is. Um, but he's the last one. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more of them. That's it for him. It's a very, also within the book, it's very like Tom Bombadil. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like you could Tom Bombadil is such a weird part in the Lord of the Rings book. You're like, why did he leave this in? And it's kind of clear that he wrote the whole book and then he saw that part. He's like, I just like it. I don't know. Let's leave it in. Uh, but Bjorn uh-huh. is, is like that, I, too. 
I love Tom Bombadil only because I love the idea of like with all these like you have Sauron who is like literally the Lord of the Rings. You have wizards that have all this power. You have Aragorn who's like hundreds of years old, still looks like a young man, like it's like the strength, like right, like that's like What's crazy. Um, and uh, you have like the fate of the universe is like hinging on like all this power, and then you have this other being that's so. OP that's so overpowered that just <laughs> plays with the ring and like has no interest in it could could not care less uh, mm-hmm. that's such a funny idea to me like yeah whatever cool yeah he's just a guy hangs out in the woods with his yeah. apparent of uh, like <laughs> they describe her as a hot wife who is yeah. just like and he's just like hi diddly doody it's me tom bombadillo <laughs> <laughs> says his own name wrong all the time he's, he just doesn't care yeah he shows up later in the book when Gandalf's like, ah, I talked to Tom Bombadil. He says he's not going to help us. <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> and that's that just another. To. Okay, great. They're like, oh, we'll need a callback. Just bring up a character that's really we haven't heard about in a while. Oh, well, like there's a point in the book where like Elrond's like going through like, okay, so the ring can't stay here. Um, <laughs> like he's going through like options. He's like, well, what about Tom Bombadil? I haven't heard about him. And Gandalf's like, no, he'll he'll just lose it. He'll forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> i do remember that part because that's also the part in the book where they're like what about the what about the eagles and he's like oh no that's a bad idea and then they're like okay and then they make the movie and he's they're like should we include this line they're like nah people will get it and then everyone ever was like but what about the eagles Mm. i mean they can't put it on right so that's perfect that's true they don't have fingers Yeah. yeah yeah although it does expand and shrink. So a ooh, oh wait oh wow. Did you didn't... notice that uh, Sauron has uh, sausage-like fingers, and then right. it also fits perfectly on uh, tiny hobbits. Yeah, yeah that's a... weird. I didn't even think about that at all. You can actually see in um, uh, uh, the door is holding it at one point, and it oh, shrinks. Oh, it shrinks in his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I gotta start looking at the screen when I watch these movies. Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, you're losing like half the movie. I'm okay, honestly. I think I need breaks for me uh, <laughs> during all of this. I I I feel like I'm I will watch these inevitably again, but it's just like the fact that I have to like okay. First off, we can stop this podcast at any time. I don't have to watch this weekly. But when you like, you know, I'm booking guests. Like I'm having people come. Like I I've, I've committed to watching these weekly. Uh, but in this situation, I'm a little bit like, oh fuck! I there's there's no getting around it. I have to watch a three hour thing this week. <laughs> Hi, how much of you has just like kind of wanted like a like uh like a book like a book report like oh spark you really notes? Could, yeah yeah you can do like you can watch the first first five minutes last five minutes and then just kind of hope that you can like wing your way through. We're it's inevitable that one of us is just not going to show up and be like, hey, I didn't have time to watch it. Um, and that's fine. We, I think that's just going to happen. We've even told guests, we're like, I don't even care if you don't watch, you know, Space Buddies 18. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't care. <laughs> my, my favorite was uh, Victor Tran came and he was like, I didn't watch the second half of this movie. And we were like, doesn't fucking matter. We're not going to talk about the movie. And we talked about improv for an hour and a half. And then uh, <laughs> it was a great episode. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, Jim, do you have a thing? Yeah. Um, there was a part with Bjorn actually where he comes in uh, after being a bear 
and he kind of shows up and then he looks at his house and he's like, huh, 13 hobbits or 13 uh, dwarves. And then he looks at Bilbo and then like Bilbo's looking at him and then it like gets really, really tense. And then all of a sudden it smashes cuts to uh, Kanye West bound to video. Like all of a sudden it's a bunch of horses majestically running through a river and it's like, why, why did we make this? And then it immediately cuts back to him, like to breakfast. Bound. What are you doing five... in the club on a Thursday? Uh, Jim, you have five weeks to make a Vine or a TikTok video of exactly that <laughs> to put out with this episode. Oh, I mean, we've all seen the, the one with J- uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen. For the Bound 2 video where, oh, he, yes, 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 where yes. those two replaced the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Content that like I'm okay with letting leave my brain, and then now you put it back in there, so it's there for like I don't know, maybe till the end of the week, and then it'll be gone. Um, that's a long term memory that I feel like I can let go of. You don't want to remember Bound Two? No, I don't. I, rem- I, I, I wait, love is that, that song. I'm talking about. I don't want to remember uh, James Franco and Seth Rogen doing their <laughs> oh making out for two minutes. Yeah, I don't need it. Uh, you'll forget about the memory of Jim reminding you. Do you think, or do you think like that? Will, you'll be like, ah, I know Jim reminded me of something. <laughs> something. <laughs> no, luckily Jim fills my brain with enough content, and so does this fucking podcast. That like a lot of it just is like gone. It's it fades in and out. I love this I, podcast. I had a I had a great time, but like it, I, I've like noticed like in hindsight, like this has just been like us just like movie triviaing off of like, hey, like you know what this too. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, I mean, it's kind of how I yeah, I think a lot goes. of that is because just you and me are just two people who are like, but what about this movie? No, yeah, but what about this movie? <laughs> I'm I'm so grateful, and honestly, every listener should be because uh, so on Monday night last week I was out, and one of the questions was just like the categories was brothers, and it was just like. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's brother was, uh, uh, in what, or what is the name of the movie that is sequel to the movie that, like, Sylvester Stallone's brother acted in? And it was, like... Staying Alive? It was Staying Alive. Or, no, uh, what was the prequel to it? And it was, and I had to do Saturday Night Fever. And I was, like, I know this answer because of Jim. Um, and we far from won that trivia night, but... It's stupid shit like that that's back and forth that ends up on Monday Night Trivia, y'all. So you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I, I do remember there was one time I was sitting, waiting to go into improv show. And then like Frank came in and sat down next to me. And then I just kind of like sat there nervously the whole time because I was like, uh, I don't know what to talk about. I've never talked to Frank outside of improv class. What do I do? And then at one point you just turned and you were like, you know the DuckTales theme song? And I was like, all right, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> uh, Frank, did you have something? I've covered uh, pretty much all my thoughts. It, yeah, it, you can trim out Evangeline Lilly. You can trim out Orlando Bloom. Uh, you can knock this down. Honestly, uh, poor Evangeline Lilly, because she signed on. Like, uh, she was like, "I'll do this. Just make sure that I'm not in a love triangle." And then they filmed the movie without a love triangle. And then they did reshoots. And then all of a sudden there was a love triangle. And she was like, mm. fuck, the one thing I didn't want. Did she not want that because of, because of Lost? Because she had just got out of Joe Moss. And... Um, I don't remember if she had said why, but that's most likely the reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit. Uh, we keep saying Same with it Orlando and... Bloom. 
he was yeah. like, okay, yeah, just as long as it's like a cameo. And then they're like, okay, what? But what if you're in like half the movie? And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, cool. Viggo Mortensen tried to do the same. Like they tried to do the same thing with him, but he went, no, it doesn't make any sense. Why would I be there? Aragorn's not there at that time, so I'm not going to be in the movie. Yeah, that's real. And honestly, th- like you just said no to cash. Um, yeah, like probably a fair amount. Uh, so yeah, I guess good to you if you're just kind of like, no, I like this franchise and I'm not going to ruin it by being there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's totally real. Uh, all right. Well, we did a podcast y'all. Um, I want to give you this moment here and I always say this in the weirdest way. So how can I do it? What words do you wish to have come out of your face to tell us about things we should see? Oh, usually we call it promotions. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I try to. Oh, um, Put my spin uh, on it. check out, uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm here in Philadelphia. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. There's, uh, as like it, the world is slowly be- opening back up again. Um, there's a lot of cool, um, kind of stuff going on. So like, go, I don't particularly have anything going on right now, but check out stuff at Crossroads, uh, theater when it's in town, the, the new one at Theater Exile. Check out Comedy Sports, uh, go see from there. Check out the end crowd. Um, yeah, things are, things are opening back up and people are doing cool things. Oh, check out, um, uh, I'll, I'll promote this because, uh, uh, find a way to find Kate. I don't know how you would find it, but, uh, uh, Caitlin Corkery, who's a very talented, uh, um, performer and person and artist, uh, just like wrote like a bunch of, uh, horror short stories about Fishtown. Uh, so find them, find them online. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have we have five weeks to try to find it and then yeah. associate it in the comments. So we'll see what we could do there. Yeah. And with illustrations by her husband Dan, who's uh, oh. also a very funny and talented person. So check it out. Oh, oh yeah, I saw he. I, I knew he did illustrations because he did the. Uh, not yet rated. Did he yeah. do that intro? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing him be like, oh. Dan Corkery, he's at Bat Stevens, my favorite group. Okay, so this is dumb, but I just try to think. I'm like, could I? What if my partner was an improviser? I don't know what that looks like for me. Um, but my uh, my partner Jack made a joke about how they uh, want to do a stand up set. Uh, and forgive me, anybody listening, if they've heard me say this, but they uh, they want to do a stand up set. But they're like, uh, so I'm not really that funny. Uh, um, my partner is a stand-up comedian, and I just want to show them how annoying it is to date a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's good. That's a fair call-out." <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So, like, that Stevens is like uh, literally just uh, you know three couples, and then uh, Rob O'Neill, the glue, <laughs> the glue that holds us all together. <laughs> I would love a, a reality TV show of just the 70 of a living in a house together for a summer. Do it. It would be, it would be so catty. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, it would just, like, it would just be, like, us, like, just, like, stirring stuff up. And, Couldn't keep uh, people out of the confessionals. Nonstop rotations. It's my turn. Let me get in there. I got some shit to say. <laughs> in the most loving talk- way possible. It would, it would bend but not break. <laughs> I remember I saw you guys perform one time where I think, uh, like, all the couples had had, like, a... They were... Uh, they had, like, a, a kiss at some point in a scene. And then, like, you showed up in the scene... And uh, it felt like everyone was like, oh, he's going to go to Courtney and give her like a, a little kiss. And then you kissed Rob. 
instead. And I was like, yes. Shake it up. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Break the expected. Not to like blow up her spot, but I kiss Courtney all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gotta oh, give Rob a stage. Yeah. And Rob's a better stage catcher, so. <laughs> oh my god. I believe that. We'll uh we'll have to find out uh next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> uh, we we asked I don't know. <laughs> you cut this out if he doesn't want this. But we asked Rob to be on here for Lord of the Rings and he went, No, I fucking hate Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'll be on your podcast, but I will not be on it for Lord of the Rings. I respect um, that. So Rob would do it. Rob, Rob's actually. a big horror guy. Rob Rob would do it for a horror movie. Rob loves flasher movies. Well oh, so he'll probably perfect. join us for Casablanca three then. For Casablanca three. The Casablanca name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that little man is back. The one with the weird eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the hill of the hill of beans becomes sentient. Uh, <laughs> uh oh wait, hold on. I have to, okay, this is the part where I collect myself uh, and say the things, right, Jim? Oh yeah, yeah. You got this. Yeah, I got this. Uh, so once again. Thank you, Frank. Uh, genuinely, like, I, I haven't seen you in a long time. It's a pleasure. I know that this is, like, an interesting context to see you again. Um, and I really just, I'm enjoy- I enjoyed it so much. Um, and it's and just a pleasure great time. It was so nice to see both of you. Oh, oh. thank you. It was uh, nice to see you, too, I should also say. <laughs> it's just so funny that I keep doing this to people I really admire and, like, appreciate their time and energy. And I'm like, hey, let me just come take up some of it away from you for such ridiculousness. <laughs> I would do this all the time. Have, have me back as often as, as you want. Okay. Well, it's now logged and it's recorded. You have to come <laughs> back now. We, sure. we will play this as the promo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we will be continuing this journey uh, into the third installment of the Hobbit uh, trilogy and getting into the Hobbit, uh, the Battle of Five Armies uh, with a repeat guest. Uh, Scott Campbell is going to be joining us. Uh, yeah. So we're going to keep going into it. And I would assume that this is going to be a, the best out of the three. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on. I'm still. You're still recording with me. It's very rude to say that Scott's <laughs> going to be on the 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 better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we give the. Oh, actually, we gave we gave Scott. Okay, we gave Scott the option of uh, of anything, the, any any single one. I was just like, what, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say we did kind of the we did the same thing for you. Right. Uh, we did the same thing with him. For, wait. He he was on we our did list. The same thing. Yeah, sorry. He he put this as like a movie he really wanted him. to do. Yeah. With, no. <laughs> we did the same thing for you. We did with him. What's the name of that? What's the name of that? Jim, what was the name of that band you were in for a short period of time? Sean McGettigan and the McGettiganettes? <laughs> no, the Barrel Batter. I can't remember. Anyways. Oh, Barrel, barrel for him. <laughs> All right. What the fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> So we did the same thing for him. No, we did the same thing where we gave him all the movies and we were like, hey, which which one would you like? And he went, I don't care. Whatever's left over. And he ended up with this one, with the next one. Now, granted, this was before we actually agreed to do the remaining animated ones. And I don't know what the leftover would have been had that been the case. We actually, we had given it to him and he was like, I kind of don't want to do those. But, and we were like, okay, that's fine. Cause I've made a reference to, uh, I made a reference to the Rankin Bass movie one time and he, and he 
was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I, I love those. And it was like, oh, neat. And I stored that away into my brain. And then two years later was like, Kai, Scott loves Rankin Bass. And then we gave it to him and he was like, oh, God, no, I don't no. love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just am familiar with it. Uh, so if we're going to get him talking about this, obviously. So if you're listening to this and you want to hear uh, Scott's hot takes on this, uh, once again, you'll remember, Scott, uh, if you haven't listened, uh, go back to when we did Indiana Jones. Uh, we had Scott for, uh, Raiders. RZ, for yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So solid episode. Definitely give that a listen as well. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for some of his uh, hot takes. Just I just want him to just not talk about the movie he's supposed to talk about and just like riff into everything else. <laughs> Which he will. Yeah. yeah, find out about the hot goss in uh, Chi-Town. Hey, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we, we will. will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> uh, Jim, I really have to pee, so if you could say goodbye to the guests for me real quick. Uh, okay. you, can, you can hang out, Frank. With, you guys You guys hang, and with the, I'm just going to go. Just okay. end it, though, like smoothly. Okay. okay. So Kai is pretending to leave right now, huh. like in a radio drama. <laughs> <laughs> Are they doing clip clop sounds? <laughs> I don't know where they got coke. Um, I don't know if Kai actually wants me to end the show, but oh, I, 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 oh, hold on. I understood I was supposed to be part of the bit. Was I not supposed to leave? I don't know. I don't know what the bit is right now. I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I really have to pee, so I'm not I hate clear. this bit. <laughs> you, go, you go pee, and I'll end the show, I guess. Oh, I'm just droning in the chaos. I've incepted <laughs> your brain. Good job. <laughs> I love you, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Right. I love you, everyone. Bye. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs>